It's the Country 104.9 Mornings with Matt and Fatty podcast. The world's largest nudist resort at the center of a COVID-19 outbreak. This is the world's largest? 150 people have tested positive so far, but on any given day, there's 40,000 people at the Naked City, they call it, in (laughs) southern France. La Cité Nude. So this is a whole city where you can walk around with no clothes. You can go to the restaurant, post office, you can sail, you can lounge on a public beach, you could rock climb it's like bayfield without clothes so normal bayfield batting cages you could all do it all in the news all the go-karts everything they were supposed to cover their mouths with a mask oh that's nonsense but unfortunately many people didn't get the message and they were in large numbers nude chatting nude mouths do you get that close to nude people i guess you do if you're a nudist you just don't notice it after a while yeah you just it's like normal life but less clothes i'd probably keep my social distance you would hope so well you'd want to stay nice and close to that towel a lot of people don't know this you go to a nudist resort they will give you lots of towels because you're supposed to lay them down on the chairs it's your best friend before you sit down you don't want your brown eye touching the chair but that being said you would think if you're a nudist you might be a little more focused on hygiene than non-nudist well you can't hide that you're dirty you're probably washing your hands more you're probably doing more of this stuff it's not like you have to spread your cheeks every 15 minutes you just walk around normally they're not examining your cornhole but they thought nudists meant no masks yeah no No. turns out nudist colonies you got to wear the mask still on your mouth you wear it on your mouth nowhere else wildfires currently burning across california one of the worst they've ever had one of the leading producers of wine the smoke starting to affect the grapes grapes get this thing called smoke taint (laughs) i I tried a smoke taint in college once (laughs) did you where they get an ashy barbecue kind of flavor tastes like campfire either you accept that oh the crops destroyed or you use it to enhance the wine some of them are saying yeah it tastes interesting smoky wine flavor this actually sounds kind of good i think this is how ice wine came about wine producers here would lose their crops to the early frost instead of throwing out the grape turn it into wine and we'll call it ice wine and we'll charge even more for it the winos (laughs) will love it grapes absorb smoke we got a couple local wine producers in huron county and sometimes huron county smells like poo does it it absorb that smell i'm wondering but we could use that to our advantage you could have a pina poulet or a chardonnay (laughs) full bodied instead of a blush wine a flush wine Mm, honey this wine tastes full bodied all right Uh, yeah so malstrom winery dark horse uh, corner field second street light some of the local ones hey there's a great idea for you manure wine market it copyright matt and fatty four-year-old girl on one of those inflatable unicorns sea captain rescued her out in the middle of the sea terrified so apparently the parents were distracted but i'm sorry if you have a four-year-old you just don't have the luxury of being distracted you got to watch them all the time especially on a beach i don't got kids but what i always hear from parents is that when they're between two and like five years old they're just constantly wandering off or walking directly into death your job is to just keep them from death's door because they're into everything and there's so many ways they can die like floating out on a unicorn I had a great appreciation for anyone who's ever parented kids yesterday. Appreciation? You've raised kids. I have, but it's been so long, I forget how hard it was to have, like, kid kids. But my sister dropped off her two-year-old, four-year-old, and six-year-old at my house. They were a handful And it made me realize that you just can't turn your back for a second. I thought, well, let's go in the backyard and play for 40 minutes. Surely nothing will go wrong. It's safe back there. There's cherry tomatoes you're growing in your garden. And your sister told you explicitly, don't let them have cherry tomatoes. They'll choke. Yeah, even little things like that. Your garden is a hazard for kids. (laughs) They kept trying to grab the cherry tomatoes. I'm like, ah, no. Take little bites. You're going to choke. So I was worried about that. I turned my back for a second. One of the kids is up the tree. And she climbed it with her doll in her hand, too. So that's not very safe. Like a jaguar. And then I thought, well, I'll entertain them. I'll pretend that I'm a magician. 
And so I had this metal bar, which was my magic wand. And then we turned each other into different animals. But then one of the kids wanted their crack at it. And they took the opportunity holding the metal bar to hit their younger sibling. They just whacked their just sibling. Just whacked them right on the head. So there was just multiple ways that these kids could have died in the 40 minutes that they were under my care. Oh, yeah, the four-year-old fell in the fire pit. Did I mention that? I guess that's why people have tops on their fire pits. Such appreciation for parents. It's a 24-7 job. You're just like keeping them from not dying half the time. And my life hack here was to put them all in the wheelbarrow. It was the best idea I had. Run them around in the wheelbarrow. At least I knew where they were at. You could see them. You knew they were relatively safe. And they were in my control. But you pulled your back. Came hobbling into work this morning. They didn't get hurt. I did. But at least the kids are okay. But that's parenting. Keep the kids okay, you get hurt. Trying to keep them okay. They survived. Your sister can breathe easy now. I hope she's not listening. You are never seeing your nephews and niece again. The peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's a classic. I love making those. They're delicious. It's on the menu at a restaurant, though, called PB&J's. It's funny the PB&J doesn't stand for peanut butter and jelly. It stands for pizza, beer, and jukebox. But they feature a PB&J sandwich there. A real expensive one. <laughs> it's really expensive. 350 bucks. Why? So, Why is it that much? Well. Is it like a rare peanut that you can only get from like a condor on Mount Fiji? No, it's natural peanut butter. And it's got the world's most expensive jelly. There's this red currant jam. The seeds are removed using a goose feather. Why? Naturally, so the berries remain undamaged, fatty. A goose feather. Why does that make it all fancy? Because it's removed with a goose feather. That's disgusting to me. You just run it through a strainer? Well, the bread has gold in it, too. <laughs> oh, right. Gold leaf bread. I was like, all right, we're still not getting to 350 bucks. It's, right? a, it's right. adding up. Keep, keep with me here. And a drizzle of New Zealand manuka honey. What the hell is that? It's a special honey made from manuka bees. I don't know. No, I think it's manuka is the flower that the bees eat, and it makes a nice tasting honey. I've okay. had it. It's good. You've had manuka honey. Manuka. Look at you, rich boy. Sounds like a member of my family. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> the youngest, manuka. There, there's Matthew, Mark, Micah, and manuka. Montina. He's charging 350 bucks, but he said the inspiration comes from when he was poor and eating peanut butter sandwiches. So you're going to turn around and charge 350 bucks for one now? I don't know, man. Cheap food is the most satisfying food. There's nothing wrong with a steak. Mm. Steak can be some of the best food in the world or some of the worst food. You can have a bad steak. Yeah. There is bad steak. Hot dog. Hot dog's consistent. Hot dog will never let you down. You have a hot dog, you know what you're getting every single time. And just knowing that you didn't break the bank makes it taste better. A hot dog will never let you down. That's what no. my ex-girlfriend told me. Move over, Speedo. There's a new bathing suit in town. The Brokini. You showed me some photos that I can't unsee. The male version of a bikini. Looks like a Speedo, but it has one shoulder strap. It's like a rubber band. It goes through your junk and then up around your shoulders. It's one piece. Also, if you're into old-timey wrestling... It's like the wrestling leotard. It is like that. That's basically yeah. what it is. So it should be cool. If you're going to buy one of these things, we're not judging you, but you have to do some waxing. It shows a lot of skin, including in those sensitive areas. And, you know, our town council here, they're usually good to get ahead of the game with some bylaws to protect us locals. And I'm wondering if we should write up the bylaw that bans brokinis on the beach now just to get ahead of the game before we start to see these in the wild. Or maybe just allow them in one place, like basically. Field, for example. You can only wear this thing at the beach in Bayfield. We see you with it in Amberley Jail. The Royal Canadian Navy. Yes. <laughs> Changing the titles of their junior ranks to be a little more inclusive. So references to seamen will be replaced with more gender neutral terms. No more seamen. Oh, the ranks will now be known as Sailor Third Class, Sailor Second Class, Sailor First Class, and Master Sailor. Okay, I guess that's better than Master Boater. So they're, they're dropping semen. They're cleaning up the semen. Okay. But, yeah, it's hard to believe they would change it. I mean, most of the people in power there are pretty old and crusty. I mean, for too long, the term semen has stained the Navy. 
photo of a wedding cake. Some people are outraged by it depicts the, a bride armed with a rifle dragging her supposedly dead husband. It's one of those wedding toppers for a wedding cake. You see those a lot where you don't usually see the rifle motif. <laughs> the cake is camo too, so it's very much this hunting motif. And the idea is that like he didn't want to get married, but she shot and killed him and dragged him into marriage is the joke. Yeah, well, the, the cake says the hunt is over. The hunt for the husband is over or whatever. Oh. Like it's some kind of hunt. I, that is I, some cringe. Yes, you could compare it to a hunt. The, the baker is sticking up for her cake saying, hey, it's funny. They're hunters and it's a theme-based cake made just for them. Leave them alone. Dude, well-designed cake. There's nothing wrong with the design <laughs> of the cake. Baker worked hard on it. Baker's got some talent. Fair enough. But can we end this cliche that we got to drag men into marriage now? This isn't the 40s and 50s where like marriage and divorce was all cliche. Like, yeah. People like to get married now. It's cool. Guys must hate that nowadays, that pressure to like, so when are you going to pop the question? And it's like, well, whenever it's like, we well, did both decide to. Whenever. It's, she might pop the question to me. It doesn't matter. It's none of your business and neither is the cake that we choose to have at our wedding. Although what's worse than <laughs> these cliche cakes is the speeches at weddings. Can we please end speeches at weddings uh, by people who <laughs> never do any public speaking, nor should they? This line in this speech I went to a wedding years ago in grade school. He was throwing rocks at girls, and now he's putting rocks on their fingers. Ooh, zinger. Oh. Yeah, and then there's, like, the older people that get up. <laughs> you need some help lifting that ball and chain? <laughs> oh. It's like, what? That's not why we're getting married. No, we love to, each other. We actually love each other and want to be with each other. What are you talking this about? This isn't a social obligation. I want her on my insurance. Just because you have a bad marriage doesn't mean ours is going to be. <laughs> so cake toppers, bad <laughs> wedding speech is worse. Can we agree on this? Sure. Mark David Chapman, for you kids out there, he's the guy who shot John Lennon, the famous frontman of the Beatles, way back in 1980. He's one of the reasons we'll never get a Beatles reunion. It was a sad day, December the 8th, 1980. This guy shot John Lennon, one of the most beloved people in the world. Yeah, John Lennon was huge at the time, kids. Mark David Chapman had a parole hearing this week. He was sentenced to life in prison way, way back. Parole hearing this week, asking a parole board, hey, can I get out now? And parole board said, nah. Uh, what did you do again? I killed one of the Beatles. I oh. killed one of the most famous people in the world that everybody loved around the globe. Probably the conversation just stops there and they say, ah, bye. Can yes. you escort this guy back to his cell? He's Mark, not getting out. Mark David Chapman? Why do I know that name? Oh, he's the guy who killed the... I don't even want to see this guy. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. I don't know. It's and murder, it, so it's a hard thing to get around, but there are arguments you could make. I've reformed myself. Apparently, he found Jesus while he's he, been in jail. He found Jesus. And maybe he could tell the parole board next, because his next parole hearing is in 2022, so he's got a couple years to form his argument. But maybe you could say, you know, yes, I killed John Lennon, but it was 1980. I was on my way to kill Conway Twitty, too. And oh. parole board will say, you, you know what? We'll, we'll let you out. That's a reasonable argument. Well, in that case... Oh, it's going to be a hot one. High of 30. It's going to feel like 38. Maybe we will welcome the showers and the risk of thunderstorm today to cool us down a little bit. It got very <laughs> CBC for a minute. You know, I mean, sometimes you just welcome a nice shower. You know, we've had enough sunshine the last few weeks. You know, and, we could uh, uh, welcome some rain for the farmers. Yeah. We have some Marin Morris on the way for so, some Dwight Yoakam. Sometimes the clouds are just lovely. Ain't that lonely yet? It's mornings with Matt and Fatty, Country 104.9. Good morning. Every time a hurricane is about to hit the shores, you just hope and pray that there's no damage. Yeah, Hurricane Laura, Category 3, it's hitting the Gulf Coast of the United States this morning. So if your name is Laura, you're secretly wishing this thing just blows over and there's not a lot of damage so it doesn't become infamous. Yeah, Katrina, one of the big ones. I feel bad for anybody named Katrina. I have a friend named Katrina, and she says, gets that all the time. Say your name, and then they say, oh, like the hurricane. It's like, yes, oh, yeah. like the hurricane. Thanks a lot. You got a friend named Laura. I do. <laughs> she just turned 40, and she was saying this on her Facebook page, like, oh, great. Just turning 40 on the same day they named a hurricane after my name. She'll get that the rest of her life, Laura. Oh, like the hurricane. So it's Laura's so, looking pretty serious. So Not looking good for you, Laura, and for the people in the path of the hurricane. Yeah. I guess you can't be selfish about this. It's more about keeping the people in the path safe 
than your name. But they can't just make up a new name like <laughs> Hurricane Gandalf or something. Yeah, why can't they do uncommon names or just like name the hurricanes after bugs or something? Why does it have to be a person's it has name? has to be real people because you got to be able to make fun of somebody in your life. It's cruel. It's got to be some comedy coming out of the Yeah, hurricane. every time they come in the room, it's like, yeah, you came in like a hurricane. <laughs> At least there's not a hurricane fatty. That'd be a stupid name. I got into work today. Matt Hussey says, do my feet stink? And I said, yeah, kind of. And he didn't even notice that I shaved my face today. I was all scruffy yesterday, and I'm all smooth now. You expect me to notice this? Yeah. Do you notice when I shave? Yes. Oh. That was a topic of conversation last week. You let your beard grow for weeks, and then you shaved it. And I was like, hey, buddy, you're all smooth-faced. Oh, you shaved today. So I did notice some people notice these things. <laughs> well, it was a good shave. I don't see any nicks or blood. Nothing. I missed a couple spots. You done good under my chin. I'm, I'm proud of you. Is that? Am I supposed to congratulate you for shaving? Thanks, Dad. There was this woman thought she bought smoked turkey tails. Turkey tails. Turkeys have tails. Okay, there's some grocery stores that sell weird stuff, so I'm I'm buying this so far. But it turns out on the label it said smoked pigtails. Cooking this meat in her beans, one of the pieces rose to the surface. Oh, it looks like male human genitalia. It looks like a wee wee. Convinced she had body parts in her beans, called the police. They responded in her defense. It does sort of look like that. No, uh, it doesn't. Not the, really. The like the the tip part is way too long and straight. It, it's weird. Maybe it looks like a diseased willy. I don't know. Maybe she hasn't seen a lot of that part of the body, which is fair. Which is fine. She might not have she, gone to college. <laughs> I just hope she doesn't try any recipes that require eggplant or, or like bananas or salami or she'll <laughs> get confused. Stay away from the produce aisle, lady. <laughs> 11-year-old Mississauga girl just set a new Guinness World Record. This is incredible. She solved 30 Rubik's Cubes with one hand. Well, how long I, did it take her? Because I could do that. It would just take me a couple years. No, I'm not finished. Let me finish my sentence. While hula hooping. That counts? She was hula hooping while doing 30 Rubik's Cube puzzles with one hand. Are they just making this stuff up at this point? You could just make anything up, really. Could I play like Tetris on my Game Boy wearing one shoe and I could be like, I could have the world record for beating level one on Tetris the fastest with one shoe on? And then if you don't beat that, you could do it while chewing gum. Be a record for doing that while chewing gum. Is anything a record now? You can just add things onto the records to make it a new record. Uh this is impressive. She did it all in under one hour. Beautiful thing about this is she actually has limited mobility in one of her hands. Oh, did I just make fun of a handicapped child? No, like this is probably why she's so good oh. at doing it with one hand. Oh, that, I feel so bad now. This is such a cool story and it actually reminds me of if you're looking for something really nice to watch on Netflix. It's called The Speed Cubers. It's a documentary about these people that do it really fast and there's a guy who does it with one hand and has all the records and he has autism and it's been just the most beautiful thing for him to go to these competitions and they're all so supportive of this guy. It's, it's a cool, you should watch. Or you could watch something violent and good. So we're talking about this 11-year-old Mississauga girl set a new record for solving 30 Rubik's Cubes with one hand while hula hooping in under an hour. Backwards, upside down, <laughs> in Australia, while kayaking. I'm impressed. She was 11 years old, and it reminded me of something my son did when he was 11. He was getting really good at the pogo stick, and one night he decided to just go for it, see how many jumps he could jump on the pogo stick. He wanted to break the record. And so, like, this was around maybe 8.30 at night. We were having a campfire. He was jumping on the pogo stick, and we were all just listening to him jumping over and over again. He was up to about 2,000 jumps. This was impressive. And we're like, I can't believe he's still going. And then one of our neighbors was like, stop that sound. Stop all that jumping. Started yelling from over the fence. He was mad at the pogo stick. Yeah, I didn't like the sound of it. It wasn't that loud. As a dad, I'm like, hey, a kid's trying to do something really cool here. How can you discourage that? I'm not going to say quiet for the neighbors. I'm going to be dad and support him, right? And this story has a happy ending because that neighbor who complained, he's dead now. Well, I 
He yeah, can't complain I, anymore. Well, that's not nice. He is no longer, he has shuffled the mortal coil. Yeah, well, that's not very nice. So to it all it all turned out okay. He made your son upset the one night, but your son won because your son still has a pulse. Well, no, he won because he broke his own record. Because the actual record is 88,047. Would have literally been jumping all night long and that neighbor probably would have burned our house down. He's rolling in his <laughs> grave now anyways. Hey. Small farming community in upstate New York. They're wondering, how did a giant safe end up in the middle of a farmer's field? Now, let's be clear. The farmer was not tilling the field, found the safe underground. It just appeared in the field one day. Yeah, on top of the field. There's not like drag marks in there. There's no truck tire marks. It's just a safe in the field. It's a mystery. It's like it just dropped from the sky. And they're all so confused about it. Even the police have been over trying to get it open with a sledgehammer. And they knocked off the dial and they were working on the hinges. They cannot seem to get inside of this safe. And the safe came with a note. Whoever opens it can keep what's inside. So, of course, you want to know what's inside. But this farmer plans on hiding it. If you open it, the show's over, he says. No, that, no, he's, he's not. He's wrong. That's way less fun. I want to know what's inside. It'd be eating away at me all the time. What's what if, inside the safe? What if there's a million dollars there and you don't have to farm anymore? I know I, I know. an issue we have at our beaches here in Huron County is the tourists like to leave all their garbage along the beach. What if it's just a clever way of, of a tourist leaving their trash? Yeah. In the farming community. They're like, you can keep what's inside. You said they tried a couple methods to open it up. Did they try dynamite? No, they should. They should try dynamite. Yeah, that's what they do in the cartoons. It's what my dad used to do. What? My dad worked back in Lebanon. He worked at a yard where like, he said mostly old trains would come and they'd have to dismantle them for the metal. And he said they like put it in the middle of the factory, throw a stick of dynamite in and run like hell. And it'd blow the pieces apart. What'd you used to do, Dad, when you were younger? I used to blow up trains. He said he loved it. <laughs> he said it was dangerous and a child shouldn't have been doing it. But it was the Middle East in the 70s. It was a simpler time, I think. Track star Usain Bolt. He was enjoying his 34th birthday bash in Jamaica. And unfortunately, there were no masks. It was a big party and... He got the COVID. Somebody came with the COVID. A bunch of people left with the COVID. Yeah, eight-time Olympic gold medalist. The guy's super fast and not on drugs, surprisingly. I think there was one year when all the runners who placed behind him all tested positive for enhancing drugs. But and not him. Not him. Yeah. The guy's just a phenom. Can you name a track star aside from Usain Bolt? Um, there was that guy that got caught with Ben Johnson. Ben, the shame of Canada. Kids, ask your grandparents about Ben Johnson. He won the gold medal in 88, I want to say it was. Yeah. And he he did his pee test and steroids. I remember asking my mom, I think, why isn't he on the cereal box anymore, mom? Because We don't talk about Ben Johnson. Because of the drugs. Well, if you know me, you know that, you know, sports is like my thing. You know, oh. I, I like to watch sports, play sports. Oh, this hurts to listen to. It's always been a dream of mine to be on the Grey Cup. No, it hasn't. Stop lying to yeah, all Yeah, to actually have my name on the Grey Cup. If only I showed some interest in, is it football? There's a chance to do this as a fan. They've created this special base for the Grey Cup. They call it the fan base. Ha ha ha. Ugh. It looks pretty cool. Do they really need it? The cup kind of has a natural base, but I'm thinking maybe they need the money because to get your name on this cup, 349 bucks. If you're a season ticket holder, 399 if you're just a fan. Now the CFL's doing this, I'm guessing because they're broke. They're, they're way, way, way broke. Are you saying this is a money grab? I'm thinking so, yeah. They asked the federal government for something like thir a $30 million loan right? because they had to cancel the 2020 CFL season. And I'm guessing to make up some money, they're selling your name on the Grey Cup. But have you seen it? The base, it has 10 pillars representing all the teams. And it looks like they're fitting 5,000 names on each pillar. Ima imagine the smallest you could possibly write your name. Yeah. That's how small this will be on the Grey Cup. So you're dropping 400 bucks for your name. You'll barely be able to see it up close. Oh, no, you can't see this with the naked eye. This is microscope type of fonts. But you can brag to your friends your name is on the Grey Cup, I guess. Just knowing it's on there. If you got 400 bucks, I guess it's an okay investment if you are a massive Canadian football fan. I guess so, because if you want to see the Grey Cup continue, 
it's maybe more of a donation. Or maybe just continue to buy the season tickets, continue to support your local team. Do you have a team? Um, I'm now more I'm, like I'm do, asking Matt if he has a team because I know he doesn't, and I want to see what the first CFL team he thinks of is. Argos is that a team? They are. What yeah. so what city are the Argos out of? Hamilton. No, oh. wait, wait, that's a, wait. That Tiger Cats is that a team? The Tiger Cats are a team. Yeah, the Argos are from Argonia. I don't know. Ooh, sorry. Sports fans are just like cringe. Toronto. Toronto Argonauts. Yeah, I knew that. Where the ti- I, yeah, I knew that. Where are the Tiger Cats from? I, I I love I love sports. <laughs> yeah, Tiger Cats are from Hamilton. Hamilton Tiger Cats. They got the fairly new stadium there as well, Tim Horton Stadium. Haven't been there, but I want to. Oh, I was supposed to go to a uh, Stampeders game, the opening Stampeders game. It was on June 11th, the first day of my vacation this year. Yeah, they're from Calgary. They're from Calgary, and that got canceled because of the COVID. See, I know three teams. Three teams. Three of the 10. You're a sports fan now. Brazilian president, Jair Bolsonaro. There always seems to be something in the news about this guy. Kind of does dumb things. Well, he's got COVID-19 two times now. Where was he when this happened? I don't know. He's just walking, doing his usual duties and comes across a crowd and thinks that he'll go for that cute shot where you pick up a kid, paparazzi, whoever, take a picture of you and the kid. You see a cute kid. You want to carry the kid. Fair enough. Except it wasn't a kid. It was a full-grown adult. It was a little person. Yeah. (laughs) He, he picks up the guy and the guy's looking like really weird. And then you can tell that at some point during this, he's like, oh, this isn't a kid. Besides that, <laughs> he's had coronavirus <laughs> twice. He shouldn't be picking up kids anyway. Did, I'd be terrified if he picked up my kid. Did the little person say anything? Did the reporter interview this little person? No, he just looks real awkward. Because it's weird when you pick up a kid and you're like, how are you today? And they're like, hey, buddy, I'm 34 years old. <laughs> I don't know. There's no sound in the video I watch. Dude. Hey, man, I'm not a kid, okay? For some reason, the guy's from Manhattan. Even if it was a kid, kids don't like being picked up by adults. I know my sometimes people would like either pat my kids on the head or they would pick them up. And my kids hated that. Hey, piggyback rides are awesome. They're fun. Piggyback rides but are just cool. willy-nilly picking up a kid, kids don't like that. Cats don't even like that. Yeah, cats aren't big fans. Uh, but our... Deputy Prime Minister of Canada, Christia Freeland. She's pretty short. She's 5'2". We Googled love her. it. Yeah. And do you, I wonder if Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, because he's had some scandals in the in the past related to some colors. I wonder if he picks her up and is like, yo, who's a good Deputy Prime Minister? You want to be Finance Minister? Throws oh. her up in the air and catches oh, her. Oh, yes, you do. Who's a good Finance Minister? You are, Mrs. Freeland. And she's like, ugh, uh. every day. Went out on a trail run with my son yesterday. We like to get out and just run the trails. This you know, was, we're just so fit. We like to run well, the I'm trails. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying this is a matter of fact of what I did. You're just jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Five, six minutes into the trail run. Just notice I said that again. Into the trail run. Just a reminder, I was trail did running. You, did I tell you yet I was out being athletic? Me yes. and my fit family were yeah. trail running. And there's a baby deer. And it's coming toward us. <gasps> As if it was asking for help, maybe. But at first, I just saw, oh, it's a baby deer. We got to stop running and take pictures and Instagram it. Son, we have to embrace nature when we see it. We're out in the wild trail running, if I didn't tell you that already. And I got about three or four shots in, and I realized, oh, this deer's dying. It was injured. There was some blood on its legs, and it clearly <laughs> it had lost its mother and went from this, oh, nature's so beautiful, to, oh, the world is cruel. Nature's so cruel. And my son, he just couldn't handle it. He just couldn't handle it. It was just so sad for him. You had to piggyback him the whole way back to Godrich. But it got me thinking just how fake social media is because I could have posted these beautiful pictures of a deer. Uh, you would have thought it was healthy and thought, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. The reality is that, no, this wasn't beautiful. It was the saddest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Thinking, well, do we bring the deer food? What do we do? Uh, the deer is food. Well, that's the sad part. <laughs> if you bring food then that's going to draw the coyotes to the food. You're just fattening the deer for the coyotes. Yeah, it was sad. It was a sad situation. We felt bad for the deer, but then we went home, and what did you have for dinner? Uh, Beef. (laughs) (laughs) We did have beef. Yeah, skewered beef. Wasn't venison. Yeah, but it was delicious, though. It was. Mm -mm. 
I learned something new yesterday. My mom dropped off some eggs. I wasn't home. She was giving us some eggs that she had. And my son comes to me, Grandma thinks they might be bad. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, they're either good or they're bad. She said to give her a call. So I called my mom. Did this conversation happen in the 90s? Why didn't your mom just text you or call you directly? What do you mean the eggs might be bad? And she said, well, no, you have to do this little egg hack to tell if it's fresh or not. Did your mom use the word hack? No, I don't know what she said. She just said, you fill a bowl of water, you put the eggs in the water, and you can tell how many weeks old it is or whether it's gone rotten. If the egg floats to the surface, it's bad, I guess, and you can't eat it. Good eggs will sink right to the bottom, and meh, eggs will be somewhere in between but not floating to the top. Apparently, this is pretty accurate. I never knew about this. I thought this was complete garbage, so I did a Google search, and every website was like, it sounds stupid, but it's actually totally true. I'm going to check my eggs all the time now. So now if you think you got bad eggs, just fill up a cup of water, see if the egg floats or not. And if it does float, that means it's bad, but your family doesn't have to know that. Just cook the bacteria out of it. Does this work for people too? (laughs) Throw them in the pool and they sink to the bottom? I don't know. If people (laughs) go bad, they tend to float. A village brewery in Calgary, they want to make a batch of beer out of wastewater. They want to convince people that it's okay, it's still going to taste the same, and it's safe. It's one of those things where the beer probably tastes fine, but knowing it was made with water that people flush down the toilet. You might trick your brain into thinking the water tastes like not beer. Yeah, I have that problem too. I have phantom taste. If I know something about the food, I I taste it. My brain plays tricks on me. If I know that chicken is one day past the expiry date, it's off, isn't it? It's, It's off, right? Yeah, they shouldn't have let people know beforehand it was made with wastewater. You tell them afterward. People buy it up, they drink it, they love it, then you tell them afterwards, ha! You just drank doo-doo water. Yeah, ha, ha, tricked ya. Yeah, that would be better. I don't want to know. But, I mean, Coors has been doing it for years, so who are we to judge? There's been some weird weather in 2020. There's been fire nados. There's been the hottest temperature ever recorded on Earth. On the pleasant side of 2020 weird weather, though, the town of Olten, Switzerland, they were blessed with a dusting of delicious cocoa powder. It was snowing or raining Uh, cocoa powder? Probably look a little bit more like snow. It was snowing chocolate. Literally, the Lind Chocolate Factory there had a malfunction with their ventilation system and it released cocoa into the air. People were sharing pictures of chocolate-coated cars. You could literally stand out in your yard, put your tongue out and eat the chocolate and the Lind Factory guaranteed that it was even safe to do so. Was it pure cocoa or was it chocolate? Because you see those videos of the kids eating the raw cocoa powder and it's super bitter. Well, probably the raw cocoa powder. So might not taste that delicious. A little bit on your tongue's okay. It would still be pretty cool, and it made quite a mess of the town. They're even offering to clean up people's stuff. Yeah, it gets in everything. Do you have insurance for chocolate rain? Ooh, I'm sorry. We don't cover Uh, chocolate snow. You didn't check the chocolate rain box. You have the collision. You have the comprehensive. You don't have chocolate coverage. Oh, that's too bad. The insurance companies, that's how they get you. We kind of have marshmallow rain here in Huron County. What do you mean? We call it snow. Oh, shame on you. That was a bad... You should have run that joke by me. This is a bad joke. That was a bad joke. Wow. But could there be like a malfunction at the Compass Minerals mine? Could we have like salt rain? Ooh. In the future? Or maybe there's an explosion at Gateway Casinos in Clinton. It rains like chips. Rains Mm. like casino chips all over the place. Perhaps. Or maybe the South Huron Rec Center. An explosion of white squirrels all over Huron County. Yeah. At least we'll have some barbecue that day. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't put anything past 2020. Guinness World Records has a new record. They've confirmed that this Australian guy, Michael Baxter, holds the record for most tattoos of characters from a single animated series. Got 203 different tattoos of Simpsons characters on his back. Pretty well every Simpsons character who's ever been on the show ever. And he can get away with this. He's a bigger man, you can tell from his back. So he's got lots of room for even more Simpsons characters. That's not how tattoos work. Well, no. Well, I guess you could make the tattoos smaller, but he does have a lot of space (laughs) on his back, so it works. (laughs) 
He's uh, a big fat guy, so he can fit lots of tattoos on his back. Solid guy. He's got room for the tattoos. Why not fill that space? It took 130 hours. $12,000. Oh, is that it? Yeah. I, th- I thought a full back tattoo would honestly cost more than that. Do you think your kids would rub this into you all the time? Like, oh, I can't go to the movies, but you can afford to get Nelson on your back? We could have gone to college, Dad. Yeah, but that's the Smithers money. You can't go to college. I got to get Smithers on there still. Son, the money I spent on Homer Simpson when we could have <laughs> paid off our mortgage. He's got the whole Moe's Tavern on there. He's even got buildings. He's got the whole tavern on there? I wonder if he'll try and set the record on the front of his chest for most Simpsons buildings. I feel like this tattoo would have been more impressive in the early 2000s when because we were all watching the Simpsons every week back in the 2000s and now we just watch it sometimes. Right. It's, it's a little dated. A little bit dated, but there's no other show really with that many characters. wonder if like people will dig up this body like thousands of years from now and they'll wonder like, what are these yellow people? Did people used to be yellow? They'll be so confused. In the before times, they were yellow. Coronavirus times, ghost white. Have you ever been awakened by the sound of someone cutting their lawn? Or (laughs) they got the leaf blower out at 7 a.m.? The leaf blower? Leaf blower. Some people sometimes do this. They were probably up at 4 a.m., so they don't realize it's so early and you're still sleeping on the weekend. There's a famous guitar player, Steve Lukather. He's the guitar player of Toto. He kept getting woken by his neighbor's leaf blower at 7 a.m. in the morning. He said it was so loud, it sounded like 10 blowers in the morning. (laughs) So he was sick of it. And so what does he have at his disposal? He probably has enough money from the song Africa to hire a gardener. So he doesn't have to do all this stuff. But he does have musical equipment. So he sets up his big amplifier, just shredding on his guitar to get back at the neighbors. (laughs) Just... Yeah, and he had a few choice words, too. You don't want to mess with musicians because you know some of them have some bad songs. Like, you don't want to wake Garth Brooks up at 7 a.m. He'll wake you up the next morning playing his Chris Gaines singles. And I'm a musician. Is this my way to get back at the neighbor with the rooster? We live in the town of Godrich, and you got a neighbor with a rooster. Not supposed to have a rooster. Can't have one in town. This neighbor has one. It wakes you up sometimes. Maybe you got to wake up early, plug in your electric guitar. It's got to start shredding. You got an electric guitar. Can you shred? Yeah. I'll bring my bass amp over. Yeah, let's do it. We'll play some Toto songs. Even though there's been a pandemic this year, I've seen a lot of people out and about in their trailers, camping. Campsites are fuller than ever, I hear. Point Farms is booked up right up till the end of the summer. If you do have a trailer, we have a pro tip for you. You get out your antenna and you raise it up, I guess, to get in some local channels. Don't do it near the power lines. Yeah. The antenna conducts energy and you will... uh, die. So there was three people electrocuted doing just that. Got to the campsite, put up the antenna. (laughs) Does it make that sound though or is that cartoons conditioning us to think they make that sound? No, it does make that sound. That's pretty cool then. I know firsthand because I was putting in a plug once and one of my guitar strings was just laying around the floor somewhere, I guess. Oh, that's such a you problem. Yeah, and the plug caught one of the guitar strings, pulled it along with the plug. <laughs> and so I have this metal going into the... And I just heard this... <laughs> is this what it's like to be married to a musician? This is musician problems. My husband's back in the hospital. You know, he was plugging in a lamp. One of his guitar strings was laying around. You got to be careful with those guitar strings. Be careful, you guitarists out there. Yeah. Don't, don't pull a huss. This actually happened. I'm not joking. Yeah, so if you're going to raised an antenna, just make sure you're not doing it under power lines. Just do what everybody else does at Point Farms. You run a cable from a house in Menaset. Death Valley. (laughs) On Sunday, they recorded temperatures of 54.4 degrees Celsius at 341. That's what, 130 or so Fahrenheit? Yeah, not sure, but that's hot. They're saying it's a global 
heat record, the highest temperature ever recorded potentially. Man, it got me looking at the hottest places in Canada. In 1937, Middale, Saskatchewan recorded 45 degrees Celsius before the humidex. Really? I wouldn't picture Saskatchewan being the hot place for some reason. And then in Huron County, well, I looked up the town of Goderich specifically, 37 degrees is the hottest it got here before the humidex factor. Yeah. According to this website, which doesn't seem too official, apparently the average temperature for Huron County, the average, about seven degrees Celsius. What? And we live here? People live in this area. <laughs> so if you're going to move somewhere and they put that on the realtor sign, the average temperature is seven degrees. Like, screw this place. No one in their right mind would move here. Although seven degrees is relative, right? If it's seven degrees next week, people are putting on their jackets, they're freezing. But you realize after the winter... When it's minus 20, minus 25 sometimes, once it gets up to that first day when it gets above zero, you get to like seven degrees, you see all the kids back in their shorts and their Converse All-Stars, see people wearing T-shirts. Oh, it's so warm now. Oh, I think, it's so warm. I think this is what we like about it. We have something to look forward to every year, and it's just something as simple as a season. Yeah. Summer. In California, they have perpetual <laughs> summer, and that sounds kind of awesome now that I say it out loud. Yeah, but, you know, we have this to look forward to, and I think that's what makes it so special. We have hockey season to look forward to. Premier Doug Ford sticking up for the park drinkers. Big deal. Who cares? Like, you know, what, what's the difference between they're making it legal to go out and, and smoke a joint, a doobie, a, a reef, or whatever the heck they call it nowadays. The, a couple of guys are sitting there <laughs> quietly on a picnic bench having a cold little beer. Who cares? Who cares? That's the gold in this, how he had to have three synonyms for marijuana. Join a doobie, a, a reef, or whatever the heck they call it nowadays. <laughs> People will walk down the street smoking the jazz cabbage, the Laffy lettuce, the Holmesville herb. <laughs> The Donnybrook Dope, the Hippie Painkiller, a Vegan Sparkler, Grandpa's Cough Medicine, a Willie Nelson Buffet, Trudeau Lawn Trimmings, a Punk Rock Cigarette, you know, Cannabis. New Zealand boy, seven years old, took a big sniff of some cupcakes and he found his missing toy. What? Started feeling some pain in his nose. Mom said, grab a Kleenex and sneeze. Out comes this missing Lego piece that had been missing for two years. What the hell piece fits up a nose? I think it's an arm or something. They, oh, they were the saying. arm of a Lego man. So back in 2018, he sniffed up an, an arm of a Lego person. This kid somehow. has problems sniffing stuff. He's a, yeah, so it seems like an odd kid. They went to the doctor. Doctor said, well, I don't see anything. And you probably just swallowed it. And it's going to come out the other orifice until he smelled these cupcakes. Must have just dislodged something. And he thought, oh, oh, my nose is full of cake crumbs. Sneezed out the Lego piece. Found his missing toy. Finally can finish that Lego creation. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's awful. Just stuck up there for two years. Have you ever had anything stuck up somewhere? Uh, no, not that I know of. <laughs> few uh, wild nights in college, let's just say. There might be some things up there, but I don't know. Nothing up my nose anyway. This, the kid's doing okay? Kid's on the mend? He's fine. Your kids never shoved anything in places they shouldn't have? That's a question I need to ask you because you've got some space up there in, in the nose department. Maybe. Not saying you have a big nose. Oh, right. But has anything ever gone up your nose accidentally? You said I have some space in the nose department. You are precisely saying I have a big nose. I'm well, not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying my feelings are hurt regardless. No, it's a, it's big boned. You have a big boned center of your face. There was there I'm was, not saying you have a big nose. There's a day I shoved and I was able to fit a nickel up my nose and it took a couple hours to get that out, but didn't have to go to the hospital. Did you get your nickel back? I got the nickel back and I bought a nice piece of Spice Girls bubblegum. Kids, your parents a long time ago bought bubblegum with the Spice Girls stickers attached to it. It was a lot of fun. We stuck them to our lockers in public school and the janitors hated them. I think that's how Nickelback got their name. <laughs> Toronto Raptors game last night. They opened up their playoff series against Brooklyn with a win. They had the starting lineup's family doing the introduction for the starting lineup. A few, few of them have some young kids. Pretty damn cute. Probably missed their families too. So seeing them on the screen would have been emotional for them. Very cool. The players were eating it up like crazy. There's no fans, but I'm sure the fans would have loved it. Here's that clip. Mom, so. Hey, hey guys! Hey. Raptor, Illinois! No 
la 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 Lowry. <laughs> Kyle Rowley's cute kids are so cute. La 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 Lowry. He was eating it up. He loved it. And he told reporters after the game, somebody asked him, like, what's it like seeing your kids up there? And he said that was the best part of the whole game, made his whole night. Might have helped them secure the game. This reminded me a little bit of when they play on your emotions when they invite the family members on to Survivor. You know, the TV show, they have that one episode where they bring on the family and they all break down and cry because they haven't seen them for a while. These basketball players, not all of their families are with them in the bubble at Disney, are they? No, but... Be emotional. No, but they're basketball... Survivor, they're on an island. They're starving. They're freezing. There's spiders everywhere. These guys are in Florida eating at five-star restaurants, and they get to play a game for a living. They work hard, don't get me wrong, but they make millions of dollars. Well, it doesn't mean you don't miss your family just because you make millions of dollars and live in a good life. Yes, it does, Matthew. You think (laughs) I would need family if I was a millionaire? No. Do you call Raptors kids hatchlings? Would you say the hatchlings introduced the... Like a baby dinosaur would be called a hatchling, I think. Uh, Police in the Toronto area, they're looking for a prisoner, 28-year-old guy. They accidentally let him out. Got released from the Maplehurst Correctional Complex in Milton. Looked it up on the Google Maps. But because it's a registered place on Google, there's reviews for it. People left reviews of the prison? It's got 3.1 stars on Google. (laughs) (laughs) Reviewer Sherry says, one of the most realistic escape rooms I've been to. It took me 15 (laughs) years to escape. (laughs) Reviewer Andrew says, the cheapest rent in the GTA. In fact, I lived there for many years and they didn't charge me rent once. Food and beds were mediocre at best. Would not recommend. Three stars. Jason says, did not enjoy my stay. Check-in was extremely invasive and the mattress was not at all comfortable. Has the guy they let out by accident reviewed it yet? Called me and they let me out. Five stars. For the first time in 64 years, KFC ditching the finger licking good slogan. Just until COVID's done. They figure this isn't a good thing to tell people to lick their fingers. Similarly, though, I think they're going to pull the bucket-sized chicken until heart disease is a thing of the past. But they're an international food chain. you got to have a slogan. we got a couple ideas for non-COVID slogans. KFC, just eat it, tubby. KFC, greasy finger good? KFC, where gravy is a beverage. Or just take out the finger licking. KFC, it's good. But you have to wash your hands. KFC, do you want macaroni salad? Because you're getting macaroni salad. (laughs) KFC, put us on your bucket list. You know, a bucket list is when you're dying, but fair enough. That's good. KFC, our dining area is clean. KFC, helping men achieve that sexy dad bod for 64 years. Nice. KFC, it's technically food. KFC pairs well with insulin. KFC, because you've given up. Maybe McDonald's could steal the slogan. I'm licking it. This amazing thing happened in Michigan. Paramedics were called to a home. There was this 20-year-old woman having cardiac arrest, performed CPR, other life-giving methods for 30 minutes. And then eventually they gave up, said, "There's sorry, there's no signs of life. She's dead. And I guess instead of taking them to the hospital, they sometimes just call it in and then they leave the body with the family to arrange with the funeral. Body was taken to the funeral home. They get a call later that night. She's breathing. Your daughter is breathing. Rushed her again to emergency. Technically alive. Not sure what the condition is. Can you imagine? I don't know. I might be kind of mad too because we just spent $3,000 on a beautiful casket. Now it's not going to get used. If you already like invested the money, the funeral home's not going to give you a refund. They already hired the guy to be there. Are you sure she's still alive? Could you check again? Could you check again? I'm just saying it's a tough economy now with COVID. You don't want to spend the money unless you have to. Apparently she woke up and asked what year it was and they told her 2020. She's She's like, like, can you put me back? Send me back to the light. (laughs) Send me back to the Lord. Country legend Dwight Yoakam. He's become a first-time father at the ripe old age of 63. Yeah, that's he, that's kind of old to have a kid, right? It's his own life. He can do whatever he wants. When that kid goes to college, he's going to be in his 80s. I mean, 80s like the new 40, right? How old is too old? But yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a struggle to jump around and do things with the kid. He had this child with his girlfriend, wife? New wife, actually. Like March, they got married just before the pandemic. Wife's 36 years old. She's going to be doing most of the stuff, right? Like 63. I know some 60-year-olds who have some energy, but like toddler chasing energy. Dwight Yoakam, you think you see him chasing a little kid around? The I feel like the wife's going to be doing a lot of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. They look happy. I mean, uh, half of the couple's 
good looking. I won't say which one. He looks fine. Dwight Yoakam kind of looks like a cross between Tom Petty and Van Morrison. Uh-huh. Let's just say wife's quite attractive. It reminds me of when Julia Roberts married Lyle Lovett. <laughs> Lyle Lovett was quite a bit older. That was like in the 80s, wasn't it? Julia Roberts was uh, America's sweetheart. That was back in the 1900s. And everyone was so careful to not comment on like, well, he's not the most attractive man. <laughs> everyone was being so careful, as kids, I am right now. Kids, ask your grandparents who Lyle Lovett is. <laughs> A new survey might give some non-mask-wearing men something to think about. 88% of women find masked men sexier than their counterparts who refuse to wear them in public because, well, it's just not manly. I feel like more of a man without it. I'll fight the coronavirus. I can fight it off. Why do we feel like insecure men sound like that? Well, you hear these guys say this. It's a scam. I can fight it off. I'm tough. And then you hear about them dying. So it's not too sexy when you're dead. Do women find masked men more attractive because they can't see our faces? Maybe they can just imagine that we look good under the mask. And it mask hides my big Lebanese nose. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, this is no surprise, though. Women have always loved masked men. Batman, for example, Zorro, you know, the Lone Ranger. The women would always be like, who was that masked man? The Lone Ranger? Yeah. You're going back to the 50s for your masked men? I used to watch that. Yeah, I know, because you're not. The Lone Ranger was a sexy masked man. Kenny Rogers, another sexy masked man. What the hell are you talking about? Kenny Rogers. Was he a masked man? Oh, that was his face? Oh, Oh, yeah. A lot of plastic surgery. A lot of plastic surgery. Sorry. No, that was him. We were having breakfast over the weekend, and I heard my teenage son laughing at what was on the bread called Dave's Killer Bread. And it's got this picture of this guy named Dave. He's just jacked, holding a guitar, and he's got a mustache. The most macho guitar-playing guy you could picture. They say, hey, what's so funny? And it says on the back of the bread, after spending 15 years in prison, Dave Dahl found an opportunity to reinvent himself in the most unlikely of places. The Family Bakery. Dave set out to make a bread like no other, the best-tasting organic and nutritious whole grain loaf. And the result is what he called killer bread. Killers in quotations. We're wondering, was Dave in prison for murder? I think he was. Did Dave kill a guy? But now he makes killer bread. Or is he just playing on the fact that he was in prison? Prison for 15 years. He must have done something pretty bad. Instead of cutting my cellmate, I (laughs) cut bread now. And you thought I was seedy before. Now I just put lots of seeds in the bread. Bread's so good, you'll stab your cellmate. He's gone from making people toast to making bread for toast. Sandwiches get stitches. Only thing that's sour now is the dough. Make bread your prison wife. Now he just stocks your loaves full of multigrains. No longer needed in jail. Good bread though? Delicious bread. Would you say it's killer bread? It's a great loaf of bread. (laughs) I don't care who he killed. Uh, It's good bread. I would kill for another loaf Uh, of Dave's killer bread. Seriously. Online law students, they are claiming that they had to use buckets for toilets during their big law exam. Over two hours before they wrote the exam, the Bar Standards Board, they had straightforward guidance that prepare yourself for not being able to leave the room for the duration of the exam, which means you can't go to the washer. They had someone actually watching through the webcam the entire time to make sure that your face was always in front of that computer. Some people kept buckets. Yeah, one of the students said, I put the bucket under the chair and I was wearing a long dress and had to squat down and make sure my face was still on the camera the entire time. Another said I was forced to empty the contents of my water bottle on my carpet to make space. Worst Harry Potter novel ever. (laughs) I'm going to seem like the bad guy here. I'm kind of with the school. You should be able to go like three hours without going to the bathroom for an exam. I had a bunch of three-hour exams. You just go to the bathroom beforehand and you're good. Definitely couldn't drink a whole lot before. What are you doing before you write an exam? You're not having water drinking contests with people. You're not at the bar. Are like slamming paps. Well, I disagree. I drink a lot of liquids, even leading up to an exam. I was one of those people. Uh, you never know when you have to go. It used to drive me nuts when I would ask the teacher, can I go to the washroom? And she'd be like, well, lunch is in an hour. You can go then. I'm like, well, I don't have to go in an hour. I have to go right now. Yeah, but you went to school in the 30s when human rights weren't a thing. There are human rights now, but... Three hours to write an exam, a very important law exam. You can 
hold off on the bathroom for a little bit or if you need to go in a bucket worst case scenario i think you had the best suggestion just just sit on the toilet make that your home for the exam so they should do when kids go back to school just hold all the classes in the bathroom and just hose everything down after each class easy brilliant in china they're trying to cut down on food waste operation empty plate encouraging people to be thrifty and diligent and always empty your plate and so this one restaurant thought it would be a good idea well you know how we can cut down on waste is we can tell people what to order based on their weight two big scales right at the entrance of the restaurant you gotta weigh yourself first key in your measurements they'll recommend how much food they think you can eat i don't think this is accurate because we all know that little person that can just down a whole pizza no problem and sometimes you know that big person who like has one bite of food and they're like oh yeah well that's too much the restaurant now apologizing because enough people were like this is nonsense this is outrageous it's madness but they said it in chinese instead of english i could go for though a pay by the pound approach like the dump they weigh my van and then I go dump the stuff off and then they weigh it again. Pay for how much was in the van. Go to the buffet, weigh yourself before and after. Hope that you have a bowel movement in between. <laughs> I was going to say that bathroom's <laughs> going to be packed. People taking some x having lots of fiber before they go. But then the way around that too is put a big rock in your pocket or something, like something heavy and small. Right. And then you just leave it in the booth before you leave. It's like, oh, I must have just had like three grams of food. Guess I don't owe any. You owe me. Ha, 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 ha. We have a new conservative leader. Aaron O'Toole replaces Andrew Scheer. And there were some issues last night. We should have figured out before we went to bed who the new leader was. But what happened was anybody who's a registered conservative, you voted on your ballot, you mailed it in to the conservative headquarters. There's a machine there that is meant to open the envelopes and see who you voted for. Yeah, the machine opens the envelopes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's all automated. Does it super quick? It's a great process. But there was an issue. The machine was tearing the envelopes. Up. It was like it was shredding or shearing the ballots. Oh, it's a conspiracy, I see. Makes me wonder who's behind this. Maybe Mr. Shear? Andrew, it's right in his well, name. Yeah. Wants to remain the leader. It's like Austin Powers, how there's Dr. Evil. It's just right in the name. Shear in the ballots, not going to work. Yeah, we're on to you, Andrew Shear. Yeah. Either way, Aaron O'Toole, the new conservative leader. Is there going to be what a tool jokes now? Yeah. If someone doesn't like this guy. <laughs> there's always a joke with the last name. Trudeau has true dope, and Aaron O'Toole is going to be the tool. Tool O'Toole. And Shear had some good jokes too. Yeah, like being an actual insurance agent. Have you ever had a fire in your home and you had to think real quick, how do I put the fire out? Yes. Yeah, what'd you put it out with? Stupid story. I was making bread on my... St- I always put the bread maker on the stove. There's an outlet right there. I accidentally... So I moved it and it bumped the burner knob on my stove. Ooh. And then the bottom of the bread maker melted because the burner was on underneath it. So it started a small fire. I just kind of moved it and turned the burner off. Was the bread extra crispy? The bread maker's toast. I have to get a new bread maker. The bread maker's toast. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Well, there's this guy in California. As we know, it's fire season there and a lot of things on fire. He saved his garage with the only thing he had available to him. Starts to see his shop going up in flames. Only liquid available cans of Bud Light. Which is like water. (laughs) Well, this... But less delicious. Because you would think beer would actually amplify the fire. No, not beer. There's not enough alcohol content in beer. Oh, okay. If you had like whiskey or rum or something, it's not going to help. But this might be proof of how watery Bud Light actually is. When I ripped up the sheet metal, I had a nail. So I was just shaking it up, popping it, and just spraying and throwing it down, grabbing another one, and... My buddy's always teasing me about, uh, you know, drinking water, beer. And I say, hey, save mine, my shop. This guy sounds like he had a couple watered beers before the interview. I think he was drinking, waiting for the fire to come. Most likely. And then he found a nail and just started popping these Bud Light beers open, but saved his garage. So if anybody ever criticizes you for drinking Bud Light, say, hey, I have a family to think about. So Ottawa's medical officer, Vera Etches, she was being interviewed. People were asking, when should we keep our kids home from school? When someone has a runny nose, we want them to stay home. We want them to get a COVID test. Runny nose. A runny nose. Which I'm sure is sound advice. And I'm not a parent. Don't most kids have runny noses 
all of the time. I seem to remember my kids had runny noses 24-7. You just had that roll of toilet paper. The poor people's Kleenex. Basically connected to your body. It's constantly wiping their noses. Yeah, so if your kid has a runny nose, keep them <laughs> home from school, I guess. I guess school's off. Are kids going to dare play the fake sick card this year? Because mm. that means if they're faking sick, you should go get a COVID test. Please don't do this. You can't sit at home and watch The Price is Right. There's no new episodes anyways. Yeah, but there's reruns, Matthew. True. There's episodes I haven't seen yet. Want to see if Gerald wins a car. Is there a way to fake a runny nose? Got an email last week from our, our boss, Sean. He said, we need bios for you for our websites. He said, full sentences and try not to be too funny. So Ugh, thanks I, for reminding me. I wrote my bio this morning. I emailed it to him thinking he'll email me back and say, redo it, but Please make it better. He said, perfect. Thanks, Fatty. He said, try not to be funny. Well, what are you supposed to write? Our lives are so boring. You so, got to embellish it a little bit. So here's what will appear on country1049.ca when you click on Fatty Didi's profile. Before entering broadcasting, Fatty performed magic for children in the elderly and infirmed. After a well-publicized cheese grating incident, the London, Ontario-born entertainer entered the faceless market of broadcast radio. Fatty entered morning <laughs> radio at CKLO in London for a month-long contract before entering morning radio after learning about the low standards at Bayshore Broadcasting Incorporated. Oh. <laughs> it's our parent company. Fatty currently resides with two cats and a mannequin's forearm where he engages in cycling and night prowling slash manga. Manga is Japanese animated sexy stuff. He approved that. So he clearly did not read this based on his own guidelines. <laughs> he totally didn't read it. It sounds better than... Fatty lives alone with his two cats, enjoys protein shakes, shaving his head, never goes out. You watch Jeopardy reruns, go to bed at 7.30. Just doesn't sound that interesting. Should I write yours? I should write your Can profile. you write mine for me? I can totally write yours. Should I mention that you're a sex offender or do I leave that out? Not true. We'll see. Well, but it's funny. I've written yours. Okay, good. Matthew Hussey began his broadcasting career when he was featured in a television news story about childhood diabetes. Soon after, he began his career with Bayshore Broadcasting Incorporated, who hired him despite his minor drug possession charges. <laughs> While working with his father as a traveling preacher, Matthew discovered his sexuality after a particularly tantalizing episode of The Golden Girls. After marrying his first love, Matthew moved to Godrich, Ontario, where he and his wife had three children, two of whom he's very proud of. Matthew Hussey has the same name as a relationship advice expert who's far more attractive. Hey, that's true. This has led to many hilarious comparisons among Matt's co-workers, <laughs> usually behind his back. <laughs> oh, hey, that's mean. That's a good buy, all right? You want me to send that to the boss? No, I think I'll go with Matt enjoys walks. Hanging out with his three chi children and wife, things like this. I'm gonna make it. Boring. I'm gonna make it really nice. Boring. Enjoys, enjoys biking and running and nature. No, I like making up the, your drug possession charges. It's more fun, maybe. Fair enough. So-called group of witches asking a school board to ban Hansel and Gretel. Say it doesn't make witches look good. Are witches good normally? They're usually bad in the storybook. When they tell people they're witches, kids just run. They want the witch taken out of the storybooks. Well, the kids break into her house. Hansel and Gretel break into the house. She captures them, tries to fatten them up so she can roast them. And then they do the unspeakable and they... <laughs> push this woman into the oven. She becomes the victim. They put it on broil, I'm guessing. Yeah, I think they take all her stuff too. That, <laughs> they rob this woman? They rob the woman. They kill her. How does this make the witches look bad? We should ban any books involving children. Gone. So obesity, it's usually not considered a good thing. It can cause health problems, discomfort for the person who's obese. I don't know, man. Government subsidized rascal. For this one Chinese man, it actually saved his life. Explain. So there's this 28-year-old guy named Lou. For some bizarre reason, he thought it would be a good idea to jump on the wooden lid that covers the well on his family's property. <laughs> Those old-timey wells. The wooden lid splintered, fell apart, and poor Lou starts heading down the well. Starts heading down the <laughs> well. He's 500 pounds. The rolls stopped him from going down the well, so he, it saved his life. Bigger in circumference than the hole in the well. Yes, therefore he didn't go down the well. 
Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Saved his life. No. He would have went down the well if he was a normal-sized guy like you. Um, this is not fat shaming, but if he was a normal-sized guy, wouldn't he have just not broken the lid of the well? Problem in the first place, but it was also the thing that saved him, the problem and the solution, I guess. Yeah, Homer Simpson says that about alcohol. It's the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Right. <laughs> so every four weeks or so, You'll see this lonely man standing in the toilet paper aisle, just staring. That man is Matt Hussey. And I am brought to such a state of confusion that it almost paralyzes me. And I can't make a decision on toilet paper. Anything more difficult than toilet paper math. Kids, get ready for the oldest of old men rants. It's so confusing. I have no idea what they are talking about when they say our 30 rolls is equivalent to 68 of the other roll. What other roll? What other roll are you I, talking about? I just don't know what they're stacking it up against. And, and am I supposed to feel good about 12, the same as 54? No, it's not. It looks the same size to me. And then I'll go look at the one with the 54 and it all looks the same. I get confused. I think it's all just a big game. The math doesn't even add up to real math, I don't think. What other problems do you have at the grocery <laughs> store, Grandpa? Well, don't even get me going. The bread's not as soft as it used to be. And what is whole grain? Is it whole wheat or whole grain? Do I have to buy two to get the discount or it, can I buy one? Isn't wheat part of the grain? If you buy three, they're fifty. Or if you just buy one, it's two ninety nine. It confuses me. And then but the gr grocery I, store workers are like the hussy guy's back. It's confusing to me. Like help him put his pants back on and we'll escort him back home. Toilet paper math, though, that should be a course in school. And d no, it shouldn't because it's not a real thing, Matthew. We'll have a talk again. Here's your medication. The Country 104.9 Mornings with Matt and Fatty Podcast.